Hello, this is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church, and this is our podcast. The title of this morning's message is Get Out of Bed, Sleepyhead. This is the focus for the church in the year 2019, where we want to move from being a church that is asleep to a church that is awake. Isn't this smell of food absolutely amazing? See, I am ready to eat after three weeks of fasting. I'm not going to lie. I got up this morning and I said to myself, we're going to eat at noon anyway, and so I might as well eat now. But I resisted the temptation. I did not eat this morning, but I am ready to go this afternoon because that fried chicken is all I can smell right now. I don't know about you. All right, but not only is this the end of our fast, it's the uh, Sunday of our annual business meeting. And, uh, and uh, so what that means is we're going to spend some time this afternoon, those who are owners here at Fam Church, even if you're not an owner, you're welcome to join us. And we're going to go through what 2018 was like for Fam Church. And then we're going to have a vote. We're going to vote on an, uh, our open board position. And so everybody's welcome to stay and join us. Only members, owners will be able to vote. And so with that this morning, what I wanted to do is look at this. I want to look at our theme for 2019. I want to look at where my mind has sees the church going in this coming year. And, and this is the deal. This has been on my heart for months, okay? And so I've got to tell you, I've got more content than I possibly know what to do with. Unless you guys want like an hour and 10 minute message today while you're smelling the food the whole time, okay, we could do that. But I just had to kind of filter some stuff and put in there the stuff that I thought was most important. And the title of today's message is Get Out of Bed, Sleepy Head. Just a little note up front. If you are new here to Fam Church, this is uh, you're a guest with us here at Fam Church, whatever. Um, this is kind of a, a message for the home team. Okay, and so this may not apply to you and your situation, and most Sundays we don't do that, but this year, this, this message every single year is a message for the home team because we are uh, casting our direction for the year 2019. And so, how many of us like to get out of bed in the morning when we hear that alarm clock go off? Is there anybody in here that hears that ring and you're like, yes, you jump out of bed and are just ready to run out the house. We've got a couple of people that are like that. How many of you are usually awake before your alarm clock even goes off? Okay, that's me. It's ter- I hate it. Like literally yesterday, my alarm was set for five. I woke up at four. There was nothing I could do about it. Okay, and that's just how it is. Like most Sundays, my alarm's at 4.15, and I'll usually wake up at 3.45 just because my body already knows the alarm's going to be going. I don't know how your body knows the time. Have you ever wondered that? I've wondered that. But anyways, that's not relevant. Now, how many in the room like to, when that alarm goes off, hit the snooze button and pull the covers up a little bit further and stay in that nice, warm bed because it is just so wonderful, it is just so warm, and it's just so comfortable to be in there. Who, is, who are those people in the house? There's not as many as I thought there would be. I was assuming the, that most of the room was like that. But we like being comfortable, right? But do we also realize that being comfortable is one of the biggest enemies that we face in life? And it goes way beyond church, okay? I mean... Comfort, I mean, most of us really want to go to the gym and we really want to work out and get exercise, right? But most of us don't do that. Why is that? 
Because who wants to get up an hour earlier in the morning, right? We already get up early enough. Who wants to get up an extra hour early? And then when you get off work, how many of you, you just get home, you put on your pajamas, you turn on Netflix, you turn on Hulu, and that's the end of your day. You're demotivated at that point in time. Right? It's just like comfort is an enemy of us getting the exercise that we're supposed to get. Comfort is the enemy of dieting, isn't it? Because what would you rather eat? Okay, so you've got a choice here. You've got some chocolate brownies. You know, you've got a nice piece of cake. You've got uh, some delicious whatever. And then you've got uh, something like with absolutely no taste. What's the healthiest thing usually in that selection? No taste, right? Nobody wants to eat that junk, do they? I don't want yesterday, I mean literally for lunch, I had fish, avocado, and a salad. Avocado is the worst tasting thing ever. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's this slimy green thing that just has no flavor. Anyway, and I remember sitting there with my salad saying to myself, if there was no such thing as salad dressing, I would be throwing this in the trash. Okay, I mean, that, that was literally the thought that I had in my head. But anyways, uh, comfort, you know. Uh, my parents, they made me go to college after I graduated high school. What I wanted to do was I hated school. I hated school with a passion. I couldn't wait to get out of school, and so I was going to work for a year. My mom and dad knew that if I worked for a year and didn't go to college, I was going to get comfortable making money, and I wasn't going to want to go to college. Because, see, when you're 18 years old and you're making $12 an hour, it seems like a lot of money. But when you're 45 or 50 years old making $12 an hour, you're broke all the time, okay? And so my mom and dad didn't want me to be in that situation. They didn't want me to get comfortable with the money, and so they made me go to college. A lot of relationships between husbands and wives, there comes to a place where the relationship gets comfortable. And, and they don't feel like they need to work at the relationship anymore, don't need to spend time together. And so comfort is an enemy. A lot of people work jobs that they, are, that they hate, hate, hate their job, but they work there. Why? Because they're comfortable with it. Because I know everybody who's here. Because I've been here for 18 years, you know. I'm just here. That's who I am. I'm just comfortable. It's like a nice warm blanket on a cold winter's morning. I was going to throw in another reference in there. I was going to say it was like a nice warm blanket during a cold November rain. I don't know if anybody would get the reference, though, because it's kind of like 30 years old. But anyway. All right. So you may be wondering. Did anybody get it? A couple of people got it. All right. Okay. You may be wondering how this is relevant to this vision for the year 2019, and here is the deal. In our spiritual walk, we get comfortable as well. See, we get comfortable with Jesus. We get comfortable reading a chapter in the Bible, praying for five minutes, and then saying to ourselves, you know what, Jesus, I've given you everything you are looking for and asking out of my life. We get comfortable uh, in our encounter with Jesus on a Sunday morning. And so we will come in here and we'll say, okay, I'm just, I'm comfortable with, what, with what's going on. And because I'm comfortable with it, I can kind of do whatever I want on Sunday morning because God doesn't really, what happens here doesn't really matter. And we fall asleep and we doze off and our spiritual life becomes a snooze fest that we walk through. And this isn't just a fam church issue. This is a Western culture church issue. See, we become people that want Jesus in the church like we want our life, all about me. 
We want the music style we want and the style we like it. We want to have the style of preaching that we like and the ministries that our kids like and want. I mean, think about this. A lot of times when we go to a church, and I'm just as guilty of this as anyone else, when we go to a church, when we visit a church, do we ever ask the question, what was God speaking to me at this place? Instead, we ask ourselves the question, man, did I like that? Was that fun? Was that enjoyable? And that's the wrong questions to ask. There's nothing wrong with fun and liking it, but when it takes priority over the voice and call of God, or we only think that God is looking for us to like things and have fun, it becomes like that warm bed that we are in when our alarm goes off. And we need this alarm to go off this morning because I believe God is calling his church generally and this church specifically to wake up. We need to throw off those warm, comfortable covers and get out of bed. But not just get out of bed, get out of bed, go to our coffee maker, brew a whole pot of coffee and pour that sucker right down our throats. And to dig down into what I believe God is saying this morning, we're going to be in the book of Revelation. All right, so the first thing I want to say before we go into this is this, okay? We are reading in the book of Revelation, not Revelations with an S. Drives me crazy when people say, I was reading Revelations. My thought is, no, you weren't. Or maybe if you were, it wasn't a book in the Bible because there's no such book as Revelations in the Bible. But anyways, that's a little pet peeve of mine, so I know about 10 of you are going to come and say that to me after church, all right? But listen, it drives me a little crazy. All right, so Revelation is the last book in the Bible, and so if you've got a Bible with you, you can turn to the last book. If you don't have a Bible with you, we got you covered. We're going to have it on the screen behind me, and we're going to be in uh, chapter 3 of Revelation. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 3, and uh, this is what it says there. It says, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, there are words, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. All right, so in our text, Jesus is speaking to this church in the city of Sardis. And if you don't know where Sardis is at, it's a, a city that was in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Uh, the city is no longer in existence. They've, they've, uh, they've uh, done archaeological digs around it, but it was a, an important city for its location. And, and Jesus really had nothing to say nicely to this church. I mean, he just really got up in their face. He was like a coach who went into the locker room at halftime with his team really far down, and he just got in their face and started screaming and yelling at them. He's like, somebody, you know, you come to your... Some Somebody rings your doorbell, you come to the door, and all they do is punch you in the face and walk away. This is kind of the response that Jesus had to this church. And I'm sure that this church was blown away by the words that Jesus spoke because he told them that they were about to die. And those are never words that we want to hear, but especially words coming from the person that we thought we were serving and living our lives for and trying to make a difference for and he told them if they did not step up to the plate and fix it, they were literally going to be dead. He was going to take them out. See, this church in Sardis needed to get out of their place of comfort, the rut that they had gotten themselves into, and if they didn't, they were going to be done. 
And so the thought some of you may be having is this, well, fam church, that's, that's not a real good description. Surely that's not fam church. And so the question that I have for those of you, especially those of you that have been around fam church for a while, is this. Has the church had better days than you've seen recently? Are you hearing people in the community share stories of how this church has made a difference in their lives? Are people who do not go to this church talking about how awesome the people of this church are when they find out you are a part of FAM? See, in most cases, the answer to that is no. It's not like it was 20 years ago. See, people who've lived in Mulberry for a long time, if you go up to them and mention First Assembly, they will know who we are because 20 years ago, the church was different. I mean, I've literally had this conversation with people. They'll say, oh, what church are you a pastor of? And I'll say, fam church. And they'll go, oh, where is that? And I'll say, oh, that round building up on 60. And they're like, oh, the one that used to be First Assembly? And I'll say, well, guess what? It still is First Assembly. I mean, their minds are, just, their minds are blown. Fam? First Assembly? And I just... So, so I just give them the abbreviation, it's an abbreviation, everybody. But, but see, they'll say things like, then when I tell them that, they'll say, oh man, that church, I used to go there when I was a kid. They used to do a lot of awesome things. See, we have a reputation for being alive. But the reality is that we are not. See, we are remembered for a time when the church was alive. We are remembered for a time when the church was making a difference. And we struggle with that because we'll maybe hear somebody say, oh, First Assembly, they're awesome. And it gives us comfort that the church is in good shape, that the church is still alive. But I hate to be the one to break it to everyone this morning, but it is not. We have a reputation of being alive, just like the church in Sardis, but the evidence says we are dying. What evidence are you talking about? Well, we can talk about people who are here on Sunday mornings to start off with. We've gone from 300 people 20 years ago to 133 in 2018. Now, I will say 2018 is the best year we've had in five years, but still, that's less than half of what it was 20 years ago. It's also a problem that people don't realize that FAM Church is First Assembly. Okay, that should really be something that bothers us. We don't have the reputation in the community like we once did. The church used to host events and the community would show up, but the deal is that doesn't happen anymore. As a matter of fact, when we host events, most of the time the church doesn't even show up. And so why would we expect the community to? And some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, I remember that. I remember. I was around when things were going awesome. I lived in the community when things were going awesome. And that's when Pastor Dan was here, and he was a much better pastor than you. That's why. Well, that may be true, but it's also true that he did not leave, lead an alive church all by himself. See, he had a church that surrounded him. He had a church of people that were awake and ready to make a difference for Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you this morning. We don't have a church of people that are awake and ready to make a difference. See, we've got a church of individuals that are, that are ready to make a difference, uh, or some individuals that are ready to make a difference, but as far as a church, the church as a whole, it's just not there. We are slumbering. The, the, the passion that the church used to have for seeing those in Mulberry who don't know Jesus having their lives changed is no longer in this place. We found our comfort in other places other than the life that Jesus is calling us to live. Our hearts have grown cold, tired, and indifferent. 
so why, why do I think this is? This is just my thoughts on why do I think this is. And uh, there are several reasons. And for, for some of you, it could be that the pastor that you loved had left the church. You were here at a certain time, and a, you came into this church. You gave your life to Christ. Something happened when a certain pastor was here, and, and you loved that pastor because of the difference him and the church made in your life. And you were close to him. You were close to his wife. You were close to his family, and then he left the church. And he left the church, and what happened? Well, a little callus formed on your heart, and you said, man, that really hurt. That really hurt to see this person leave and go someplace else. And so I'm not going to get as close to the next person this time. And so a new pastor would come in, and so you're a little bit standoffish. Then that pastor leaves, and you're like, it's a good thing I didn't get close to him. Let me stay even further from the next one. And you set up a series where you're slowly piling calluses upon your heart because you're saying to yourself, I'm never going to get close to a pastor again. And it's not just with pastors. I mean, people think, you know, it's not just with the pastors that people think like that. It also happens with the people. You know, new people come into the church. You make friends with these new people. Suddenly, you know, you're going to lunch with them on Sunday mornings. You're, you're, uh, they're coming over to your house on the weekends and hanging out and, and doing stuff. And you're doing stuff together. Pretty soon you're going on vacations together. And then all of a sudden one of those families leaves the church. Oh, you know, you commit that you're going to stay close together, that you're going to remain friends. But... The reality is, is that when people are going to different churches, they kind of have different lives. And so what do we do? We say to ourselves, man, that really hurt as well. And so I just won't get that close to any more people in the church because they're just going to leave anyways. And so we put more calluses on our hearts and our hearts get harder and harder. For others, it's not so much the relationships, but it's the things you've been through in life. Since you've started following Jesus, it feels like you've stepped in the ring with Conor McGregor, or for those of you that are older, Mike Tyson. So here, I watched some, I know this is a total random side note, but I watched some videos on YouTube this week. It was Mike Tyson's top 10 knockouts. That dude was bad. <laughs> he would just literally, whoop, whoop, bam, down they go. And it was just like, holy cow. But we take one punch after another, right to the face, and we say to ourselves, man, if God loves me, I'd sure hate to be on his bad side. And those events just add more and more calluses to our heart. And now our heart is hard. We feel like that it's easier to not get too involved, to not get too close, to not get too invested. Instead, to live our life do the things that we want to do and not to worry about the mission that Jesus has called us to live on because it hurts to do that. But see, here's what we need to understand. When Jesus calls us, he never calls us to follow the individual standing on this stage, okay? When Jesus calls us, he never calls us to follow our friends, and when he calls us, he never says, let the circumstances in life dictate your response to me. See, we are called to follow Jesus. We are called to walk with Jesus and to let his word and his truth have first place over all circumstances that we face in life. 
See, when we start to follow those other things, when we start to follow circumstances or friends, instead of Jesus, it pulls our heart further from him and his mission, and we start finding comfort in other things. And the churches in America have become full of people living their lives just like this. And what's even scarier is the church is becoming not the way it was intended to be. And there's some things that we need to understand because what's happened is we've kind of made the church like an American business. But it wasn't like that. See, how it used to operate back 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 years ago at the start was the pastor was not somebody who came in from across the country to take a job at a church. The pastor was somebody in the congregation who was raised up in that congregation, who ascended to the level of somebody who was up on the stage communicating on a regular basis. He was somebody, she was somebody who was invested in the community, who had relationships with people in the community, and their thought was not, what's next? What's bigger? What's better? Can I make more down the road, okay? See, that's jacked up right there. But also, (laughs) people were not hopping from church to church then either. See, they weren't looking for the church that had the best kids program, the best preacher, the best youth ministry, the place their friends went to were the best worship. People used to only have a couple of churches to choose from, okay? There wasn't 13 churches in a city of 4,000 people like we have here in Mulberry. And the church wasn't about what we could get from it. And this is what's put us into a slumber as well, taking Christianity from where it belongs to it being all about me. See, and Jesus is saying, wake up and fix this. Fix what is about to die. And so, church, we need to get our focus back where it belongs on Jesus and the life that he wants us to live. And he tells us how to do that in the text. He says, remember what you've heard, obey it, and repent for not doing it. See, Jesus is calling us to remember the mission that he wants us to be a part of. He is saying, go back to where you were at. Break those calluses off your heart and do what I am calling you to do. Repent from making church about you and make it about what it was meant to be about, connecting others to Christ. See, and it's not just about the church doing all kinds of activities and events that will cause people to live. Because this is an assumption that many people make, is the church just needs to be a flurry of activity with all kinds of stuff. we got stuff going on seven days a week. Keep the church as busy as possible. That's a wrong assumption. Because study studies have shown that the churches that do the most activities that are the busiest are usually the ones that are closest to dying. Think about it like this. A chicken. Let's say we had a chicken up here on the stage, okay? And we were going to butcher that chicken to eat with our wonderful lunch that we're going to have here in a few minutes. Has anyone ever seen a chicken get its head cut off? Anyone? Anyone? What does the chicken do when you initially kill it? It's going everywhere, isn't it? The chicken has probably never been more active in its life than right before the thing dies, 
I remember in seventh grade science class, we literally did this in the classroom. But our teacher was smart enough to, uh, to have a big box. We had this box, and he, he pulled the chicken's head out of the, the hole in a box and went like that and let him inside the box. Anyway, now that you need to know that, you guys aren't doing that stuff in high school or middle school anymore. Are you cutting the heads off chickens? So that's when school taught you stuff, man. All right. So many churches and organizations, that's what they do when they are dying. They do more, offer more, have more for people that doesn't pull us out of the slumber. You want to also know what doesn't pull us out of the slumber? And some of you are probably going to be in shock initially when I say this, but it's not about reading our Bible more. It's not about doing more reading plans and studies on our YouVersion apps. It's not about increasing our prayer time. It's not about reading more, studying more, praying more, and fasting more. Yes, those things are good, and we should be doing those things, but they don't make us alive. Jesus told us there what makes us alive. The primary channel for growth for somebody who's following Jesus is living on the mission that he gave us. He told us to go and live out this mission to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. See, the mission is the key, and we can't baptize, make disciples, and teach unless we are connecting people to Jesus in the first place. See, our passion for Jesus, our passion for reading and knowing his word, for prayer and everything else related to Jesus should all flow out of us living on mission. That's where everything should come from, and that is what awakens us in our spiritual life is living on the mission that Jesus has, not reading another Bible plan. And it's also not a call to come to church more, okay? This is not a call to be involved in more ministry here at the church. This is a call to get back to the mission of Jesus. See, us living on mission means that we are a force in the community with those who do not know Christ. Well, we are a place that goes out and communicates the gospel and brings people in here to see their lives transformed and changed. That's the mission. And in order for that to happen, it can't be just me or just myself and the pastoral staff or just the, the pastoral staff and a couple of people living on this mission. All of us in this room have to be a part of that. We need to be involved in the people's lives, those we know that are not walking with Jesus or at one time did but are not currently. We need to do as we prayed and sang on Wednesday night to have our eyes opened to the things that make Jesus' heart cry, to be the church he would desire, his light to be seen. Because when we do that, hope will rise, darkness will tremble, and his holy light, and everyone will see Jesus, our God, great and mighty is he. See, our walk with Jesus is not about getting out of hell. Our walk with Jesus it's not about reading and studying and praying, although, yes, all of those things are good and necessary. Our walk with Jesus is completely and totally about living on the mission that he has for us. 
And until we can get that first priority as our first priority in our life, we are going to be slumbering because we're going to be thinking that, you know, reading and praying is all we need to do, that that's all God has for us, and he doesn't. Our life as followers of Jesus should be an incredible adventure, living on mission, seeing incredible things happen. You know, we look back, so many people will read the book of Acts and go, why is that not happening today? It's very simple. When you read the book of Acts, they were living on mission. They were out there telling people about Jesus. They were bringing people in so they could hear about the name of Jesus. That's what they did. They didn't talk about all the programs and the ministries that the church had. They got together, they prayed together, they went out the doors, and they reached people for who Christ was. The church exploded. There was healing and miracles and all of those things. And if we want to see that come back again, we have to be living on mission. It's time to wake up. Because if we don't, Jesus tells us in this text that we will die. And the tragic thing is that the death will be at the hands of Jesus. The text says that Jesus will come like a thief in the night and take us out. I mean, think about that. Jesus will take out his very own church. And then he'll go to someplace else that's living on the mission and give them what the dead church was supposed to have in the first place. To go to a place where people are awake and living on mission, the mission he has called us to live. And so let's not waste our time. Ephesians 5, 14 through 16 tells us this. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. See, that phrase, wake up in Revelation 3, is in the imperative, which means it's a command from Jesus. He needs us to wake up because, as Jesus says, our deeds are not complete in the sight of our God. What does that mean? It means that we have a lot left to do here in Mulberry. It means that we have a lot left to do. It means that there's a lot of people out there that still have not heard the name of Jesus. I looked at the stats for Mulberry itself, and this is in the Bible. This is like the buckle of the Bible Belt area, okay? I mean, this is like, the stats show 59% of the population of our zip code have no church affiliation whatsoever. 59%. There's a big missions field out there. I know that we have this idea in our head that, oh, because we're in central Florida and there's 13 churches here, that everybody's got a church. You know, most people don't. Only 41% have a church here in our community. Only 41% have a relationship, it seems, with Christ. And God is calling us to be a difference maker in their lives. Those are who we are supposed to reach. And we have to understand this. We have to see that God is not done with this church yet. God is not ready to close the doors on Fam Church. He's got a mission. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan for us. But we as a church need to wake up. 
We need to come alive from our slumber and see that the calling is not to have a nice devotional life. The calling is to live on the mission. It's about living as wise, making the most of every opportunity of living on that mission Jesus has. Because guess what? The days are short. See, when we do that, when we live on that mission, life is going to stir. Life is going to stir in us, and Jesus is going to shine down upon this church. And that's what we want here. That's, what we, that's why our theme this year for 2019 is awake. We want to be awoken. As Maurice said, we're going to be woke. He's not here. He's on a cruise. That's who we want to be. That's our mission. That's what we're going to do this year. That's not our mission. Our mission is connecting people to Christ. But that's where we specifically want to head this year is we want to be awake so that we can make a difference in our community. And what I did was I, I uh, for Wednesday nights coming up, and I know most of the people who attend Wednesday nights haven't even heard this yet because it just kind of came to me this week. But uh, we're going to start working our way through a book called Waking the Dead on Wednesday nights because we need to live 2019 fully awake and alive. I have copies of the books for the regular uh, Wednesday night people that I can give you today so you can get ahead and start on chapter one this week because that's what we're going to be talking about. But God wants us to be awake. God wants us to be alive, to be the force that God has called us to be. And it's really been hard preparing this message and this is why, because for months, and I've, I, I, I've, I've, told, uh, I've told people this, I've told a couple of people this, but I've just had this burden upon me that Jesus is standing out there saying, maybe it's time to close the doors there because the church just doesn't seem to be awake. Maybe it's time for me to give this blessing that I want to give to your church to a different church in this community because we're just not awake. And it's really bothered me the last several months. It's really bothered me. Because I didn't come here for this church to die and close its doors. I didn't come here to just do church as usual and not make a difference and see people's lives changed. But in order for that to happen, it can't just be me or a few of us that have that passion and that heart to say, you know what, we are not going to accept those doors being closed. We are not going to accept Jesus just taking our lampstand. It takes all of us saying to ourselves, Jesus, we're going to keep this lampstand here in this church to burn bright in our community. And so what do you need us to do? See, a church will only go as far as the people who attend it let it. You could have the greatest leader on the planet standing up running this place, okay? And if the church and the people don't want to go there, it's not going to happen. It takes all of us being on board, being awake, and moving this thing forward. Thank you for joining us on the FAM Church Podcast. 
Fam Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love for you to join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thank you again and have an amazing day.